This is Kofsi FM, your ultimate campus radio station. And on the line at the moment, my privilege to have Zelda van der Now She's a final year student from the Department of Nutrition and Dietetics. Zelda, good day. How are you doing? Good day. Um, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Listen, it is fantastic. What are we going to talk about today? So today I'm going to talk to you about fats in the diet and specifically the different types of fat you get, why they are important, what they do in the body, and then also some practical tips for including fat in the diet. Now this is part of our Eat and Succeed series with the Department of Nutrition and Dietetics. Now with such a broad topic, where do we start? So I think the best place to start is to understand what fat is and why we actually need it. So fat is either stored as body fat or it can be used as energy. And fat that is stored as body fat is mostly stored under the skin and around our, our organs. So as the body grows from toddler to teenager, we get growth spurts. And during these growth spurts, the number of fat cells in our body increases. When the growth spurt is over, the size of the fat cells will increase or decrease, but we can never get the number of fat cells to become less. So this means if you lose weight, the cells in your body only shrink and become smaller. And this is then the reason why it is so difficult for us to prevent weight gain in the future. Zella, does fat have any other functions? Yes. Um, so fat is actually more important than we think. And some of the main functions of fat include providing fuel for the muscles. It can function as an emergency energy reserve when you are not eating enough food. It provides padding to protect our hearts, lungs, kidneys and other organs. And then the fat layer under the skin also provides insulation, which protects us from cold weather. Fat is used to make other compounds in the body as well, like hormones, bile and vitamin D. Does fat have any other value in food specifically, you know, other than just tasting good? I think that is one of the most popular ideas of fat in food, but other than just adding taste to meals, they are very valuable because it provides energy, like I've said, and there are fatty acids in fat that we only get in fat. So the body cannot make these, and that is why it's so important for us to eat them. So the fat acts as a car that transports the fat-soluble vitamins, um, this is vitamin A, D, E, and K, to help the body to absorb them better. And the fat in food stimulates the appetite, which might not always be a good thing, as we then want to eat more, but it also helps us to feel full and satisfied, and the fat in food also makes the food soft. Now, Zella, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, one of the biggest problems with fat in the diet is that we don't really know or understand what type of fat is better. What are the different types of fat? First, I think it is um, most, un most important to um, understand that there are different types of fat, like you say. And then the two main types of fat that we get are unsaturated and saturated fats. And then the unsaturated fats are then further divided into three groups, namely trans fats, monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats. What makes these fats different from one another? 
the way that the fats are grouped together is what makes them different. So the fats are made from different types of fatty acids, like we've said, which either have a single bond or a double bond. It's like making a double knot with your shoelaces or only making one knot. So the fatty acids are the building blocks of fat in our bodies and the fat in food as well. So when we eat, the food is digested. Now this means that it is broken down into smaller pieces like vitamins, minerals, proteins, carbohydrates and fats. And all of these pieces are then broken down even further into, the, into their own building blocks. So it's like building a puzzle. All these small pieces go together to make a big final product. The first group is saturated fats. So they only have one knot in their fatty acids. And these fats are usually solid at room temperature. They melt at a very high temperature. And this is fats like meat fat, cheese, eggs, the block margarine, butter, coconut oil, and full cream milk. Now they are not they are not necessarily the best option as research have shown that too much of these fats can increase our chance for developing high cholesterol and heart diseases. So eating too much fats will also cause you to gain weight. Now it is better to eat small amounts of fat and you rather use foods like soft margarine, sunflower oil, canola oil and low fat milk. And because heart diseases is still the leading cause of death worldwide, the diet and exercise remains one of the key things that we can actually control and use to control and prevent heart diseases. Now there is some good news. Um, dark chocolate intake have shown some benefit like lowering the presence of heart diseases, strokes and diabetes, but of course in moderation. So with this being said, it does not mean that eating dark chocolate in moderation will prevent heart diseases, but the Heart Foundation of South Africa gave um, the Heart Foundation of South Africa gives the following simple steps to eat more healthy as a way of protecting your heart. So what they recommend is to eat more fruits and vegetables, include dried beans and lentils, rather eat low-fat or fat-free dairy products, include high-fiber whole-grain starchy foods like brown rice, oats, pasta and bread, and also eat lean meats and fresh protein like fish, eggs, chicken, um, and the chicken then without the skin or lean mints. And the fish can include anything like pulchard, sardines or tuna. So how can saturated fats increase your cholesterol? So cholesterol is a waxy fat-like substance that we get in our blood cells. And we do need some cholesterol to make hormones, vitamin D and products that will help you to digest the food. However, when we have high levels of cholesterol, it is not good and the blood vessels can become blocked. So think of it as a, like a straw and you are trying to drink a thick milkshake with crushed chocolate chips through this narrow straw. So it works well, but when a little piece of chocolate gets stuck in the straw, the amount of milkshake that can come through is less. So now you have to suck harder on the straw to get the milkshake through, and then eventually no milkshake will come through the straw.
So this is what happens in our blood vessels. The chocolate pieces are the cholesterol that gets stuck in our blood vessels. Your heart then has to work harder to pump the blood through um, this blood vessel that is now narrower. And as you can imagine, this is not good for your heart and we want to prevent that. In what way does fat then contribute to this? You get lipoproteins in the fat. Now, they are like the cars and their one job is to transport the fat to where it has to go. The one type of lipoprotein that you get is LDL, also known as your low-density lipoproteins, and they are referred to as your bad cholesterol. They collect in the blood vessel, then makes it more difficult for blood to flow through. And high levels of LDL are associated with higher chances of heart diseases. And then on the other hand, we have HDL, which is known as high-density lipoproteins, and they are known as the good cholesterol. So their job is to remove the cholesterol from the body and take it back to your liver, where it is either recycled or disposed of. So saturated fats can make the LDL more, and that is um, why we why they increase your risk for high cholesterol levels. Now, if HDL is better, how do you increase your HDL cholesterol levels? So like we said, HDL is beneficial and it has been linked to lower the risk of heart diseases. So how we can increase it is by being active for one, because that boosts your HDL, and then also to include food like beans, legumes, brown bread, pasta, and fish in the diet. Are, as they are the better choices and the fats in them are healthier. So it will also help you if you leave the skin on the fruits as the fruit skin is high in fiber. This is for fruits like apples, peaches, pears and plums that some people peel. Not for things like bananas and pineapples for example. Please peel those. And then also another way to increase the HDL is by using alcohol in moderation. So the recommended amount that we are allowed to drink is one drink for the ladies and two drinks for the guys per day. So this does not mean that if you do not drink throughout the week, they back up and then on weekends you can drink all the drinks you didn't drink through the week. If you don't drink today, then you just miss that drink. But it's also important that if you do not drink alcohol, then you should not start drinking alcohol to get this benefit. And then another important thing, and the last thing that I will mention, is that losing weight, if you are overweight, will also be very beneficial. Because losing weight has an anti-inflammatory effect on the body. And this also helps to increase the HDL and is overall just very beneficial for the body. What is the next type of fat we get? Okay, so secondly is unsaturated fats and they have at least one double knot in their structure. So the first type that falls under un unsaturated fats is trans fats. Now they are solid at room temperature which means that when we leave them outside they will not just melt, melt like ice because they have they need high temperatures to melt. And these fats are made when liquid oils are used to make hard fats. So some examples include fast foods, any food that is fried in oil, commercially baked products like cookies and cakes, 
coffee creamers, frozen pizza and margarine that comes in the form of a brick. So unfortunately they are not good for you and they also increase your risk for cholesterol and heart diseases and that can cause damage to the blood vessels. So for this reason we should not eat these foods too often. So there are these fats um, that are better for you than the previous two types of fats? Luckily for us, there are monounsaturated fats. Now, monounsaturated fats are the better choice of fat. So they are liquid when um, they are liquid at room temperature, and they have a lower melting point. So examples include canola oil, olive oil, peanut oil, avocados, and different types of nuts and seeds. And when I say they are better fats, it is when you choose the monounsaturated fats instead of things like the saturated or the trans fats. We should still not eat too much of these fats because even if it is better, it is still fat. And overall, we should control the amount of fat we eat. Okay, so you say that monounsaturated fats are healthier than saturated fats, but you know we still have to be aware of how much we eat of it. Uh, what is the last type of fat? Yes, that is definitely the problem to understand that too much of anything will still be unhealthy. So the last type of fat is polyunsaturated fats. And these fats are also liquid at room temperature and becomes harder when they are in cooler temperatures. So they are our omega-3, 6, 7 and 9 fats. Now, our bodies are very wonderful because they make their own omega-7 and 9 from the food that we eat, which means that we need to get omega-3 and 6 from the food we eat. So typically, we eat enough food that contains omega-6, such as vegetable oils, salad dressings and fried food. And food that is high in omega-6 includes sunflower oil, and do not think that you can never use it again. Just use smaller amounts like one to two teaspoons if you are using a lot of it at once. Now studies have shown that eating too much omega-6 can promote bloating and obesity. And omega-6 has an inflammatory effect where omega-3 has an anti-inflammatory effect on the body. And for that reason, omega-3 is then better for you. You know, let's talk about omega-3 at the moment. Now, it's very popular nowadays. How good is it really for you? So, foods that have omega-3 include flax seeds, pulchard, sardines, salmon, walnuts, tuna and canola oil. And then products like eggs, yogurt, milk and soy beverages can be fortified with omega-3, which means that they intentionally add it to the products. So to check if you have if something has been fortified with omega-3, you must just look at the label because not all, for example, milk necessarily will be fortified. So if you cannot eat food that has omega-3, you can consider taking a supplement. And if you do decide to take one, get a supplement that only has omega-3 in. Try to avoid supplements that have both omega-3 and 6 in because like we said, um, all of us get enough omega-6 from the food we eat and we do, not want, we do not want to take unnecessary amounts together with what we are already getting in. 
Um, but also remember that it is better to rather spend money on healthy food than spending money on buying supplements. Now, there's a big debate about fat, and we heard the recommendation for fat change over the years. Either it's high-fat diets like the Banting and Keto diets or just no fat at all. What do you say about this? It is very true. Um, For a long time, it was believed that you should eat as little fat as possible and then eat more carbohydrates and proteins. However, a low-fat, high-carb diet lowers the risk for developing heart diseases, obesity and cancer in comparison with diets that are higher in fat. But the problem with our bodies is that we have a small that we have small space to store the carbohydrates, but there are larger fat stores. So our body actually favors fat consumption, but again the risk outweighs the favor. How does the keto diet then work in regard you know with regard to the risk associated with high amounts of fat in the diet? So the keto diet is basically high fat which is more than 70% of the total energy and very low carbohydrate intake. So this means that more than 70% of what you eat is fat and less than 30% of what you eat is carbohydrates and proteins. And like with any diet, control and self-discipline is very important when following a diet like this. So if you want to follow ketogenic the ketogenic diet, you have to be very disciplined and not eat too much carbs. Otherwise, your body will not be able to go into that ketosis and the weight loss process will not be as successful as we want it to be. So it is also important to remember that with a diet like this, you cannot simply just stop your diet. You should gradually phase it out to help your body adjust to the new way of eating again. And I'm not saying this diet is good or bad. You just have to make sure that you know exactly what you're getting yourself into and make sure that you educate yourself on the diet. So if you decide to follow the keto diet, I would suggest that it is better to um, see a dietitian or someone that specializes in these diets um, that they can help you to with what to eat and how to make these changes to your diet. Now, are there benefits to following a ketogenic diet? Yes, there are, like the weight loss, obviously, and then also better insulin control in the body. But there are also disadvantages. So some of the long-term complications include kidney stones and deficiencies in certain vitamins, low levels of protein in the blood. And then another problem with the ketogenic diet is that it is not friendly for everyone. People that has liver or pancreas problems or people who have certain nutrient deficiencies should not follow this diet. And it is important to, like I said, maybe go see a dietitian before you start this diet because they will help you to determine what type of food you can eat and cannot eat, how much you can eat and what to eat to help you lose the weight and have that better insulin control that we want. Now Zelda, if I want to start the keto diet, how do I go about that? Again, uh, the best way would be to consult a dietitian first as they will help you to better understand what you're letting yourself in for. And then it is also very important that you know what types of food is allowed and what to avoid. Also, something that we are not always aware of is that when you start this diet, there is a chance that you will not feel well. 
You might get symptoms like tiredness, headache, dizziness, nausea, vomiting, constipation. You might struggle to exercise as hard as usual. And this is due to the fact that your body goes into ketosis and has to adjust to a whole new way of eating. And then on the other hand, following a low-fat diet with too much sugar can also raise your risk for developing liver diseases. A vegan diet where you do not get enough of all the necessary vitamins and minerals can cause deficiencies which can be harmful to you because our body needs these vitamins and minerals for certain functions like, for example, vitamin A is important for your vision and helps you to see in the dark. And therefore, it is important to, like I've said, consult a dietitian that will advise you on the better combination of food to improve your health. Uh, following the ketogenic diet does, however, also um, in increase the risk for developing type 2 diabetes and diseases where the central, where the cells of the central nervous system stops working, and then also for cancer. So, lastly. Um, it's also to remember that a ketogenic diet can be very expensive, especially if you are on a strict meal budget. Now, Zelda, you know, as students, your brain function is very, very important. Can the type of fat you eat have an effect on brain function? This is a bit of a gray area as we do not completely know if certain types of fat can improve the brain function. So the Mediterranean diet that includes fats like fish, olive oil and certain types of nuts and seeds have shown some protective effects on the brain health in the aging population. However, this is also, there is also still not enough evidence that a plant-based diet will have an effect on mental and brain function. But for this, please um, listen to my colleague Lizelle's talk on plant-based diets. Now, there was a study done at the University of Witwatersrand where a group of healthy people who followed a ketogenic diet for three weeks and within and after those three weeks, they did not find any substantial cognitive improvement and healthy fat choices might be beneficial because a healthy body will host a healthy mind. But I cannot say that eating a specific type of fat will improve or worsen the brain function. Zelda, what do you think are the perception of students regarding fat? So studies have been done on the knowledge of students regarding fat in the diet, and they have found that students know more than one might think. So for example, students know that the low-fat options are better choices, or that trans fats like fats we get in pizza, commercially baked products like cookies, are unhealthy and should be eaten less. And another interesting finding is that most female students tend to avoid high-fat choices more than the male students would. Now, when looking at fat in the diet, how does the type of fat that students eat compare? It is actually higher than we want it to be. In 2017, there was a study done at the University of Cape Town where they asked first-year students questions about the types and amounts of fat they eat and the types of food that they eat most. And the results were that these students have a higher fat intake. And I think it is more or less the case in the majority of students because 30% of the students said that they like to eat foods like potato chips, corn chips, and popcorn at least once to two times a week.
And then in 2012, they did a study at Corpses where they looked at the way that students in the health faculty eat. So basically what they did was they took a group of students that was considered to be healthy as they are soon to be health professionals and should therefore have healthy eating habits. They measured and weighed them and used the height and the weight to determine if they were overweight or not. And then they had interviews with them in which they asked them about the way they eat, what types of food they eat, etc. And a broad summary is that in 161 students, about 22% of the females and 12.8% of the males were classified as overweight or obese. And most of the students did not eat enough fruits or vegetables, their milk intake was low, and surprisingly, 83.9% of the students ate more protein than the minimum requirements. And this is protein like red meat, poultry, fish, legumes, eggs and nuts. Alcohol intake over weekends and intake of sweets and fats were also common and higher. What do you think is the reason for the higher fat intake? So in the study that was done in Cape Town, it was interesting to see that one of the main reasons for the higher amount of fat eaten is the search for convenience food due to this big adjustment to this new environment that they are in. And then except for this, they also eat the food that they prefer and that tastes good. And another big influence is peer pressure because they do not want to feel left out. So they will rather buy convenience food that is sold on campus than to take a packed lunch. But a packed lunch, if well chosen with vegetables and fruits, will actually provide essential nutrients and probably less fat. Now, except for potential weight gain, what is the problem or risks with high fat intake among students? The big problem is that the behaviors and the way you eat um, and get used to while you are a student will become part of your life later on and then as an adult as well. So mostly this is all you know and do. What this means is that how you eat when you are a student can become the way that you eat when you are older. This is how you will feed your children one day, meaning that your children will then have the same health risks as you. And the thing is that when we are young, we do not worry about possible future illnesses and diseases like heart disease or stroke. But if we do not start now to take care of our bodies and consider what we eat, it might actually be too late when we are older. Now, weight gain from eating too much food, uh, weight gain from eating too much fat can cause accumulation of body fat. And this means that the fat builds up in the body and it can lead to insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is a problem because it influences the signals that tell us when we have eaten enough and this leads to eating more than we need and even more weight gain. So it's actually just an evil cycle that continues. Does the fat you eat affect any other parts of the body? The type of fat we eat can affect our gut microbiota and this is the microorganisms that live in our digestive tract that is responsible for helping our bodies with breaking down food. 
So for further on information on this specifically, listen to Marita's talk on microbiome. And when these organisms become out of balance, you can get something called gut microbiota dysbiosis, which includes symptoms like bloating, cramping, constipation, or diarrhea. And dysbiosis have been linked to high risk of obesity and type 2 diabetes. And a study was done in China to see if a low-fat diet was better than a high-fat diet for weight control in healthy young people. And they found some interesting things when looking at the microorganisms in the gut. The variety that were present were higher in people that ate a low-fat diet in comparison with those that ate a higher-fat diet. And they also found that in the higher-fat diet, the inflammatory markers were higher than in the moderate or lower-fat diet. So in looking at this study specifically, it can be concluded that a high-fat diet might have an undesirable effect on your gut microbiota in the long run. And then on the other hand, another study was done with almost 148,000 people from 21 countries where they looked at the effect that dairy products had on the development of metabolic syndrome, hypertension and diabetes. Their findings showed that the individuals who consumed 2-3 to three portions of whole fat dairy products like full cream milk, full cream yogurt, cheese and dishes that had these products in together with a balanced diet had lower blood pressure and lower blood glucose levels. So this means they have a, they had a lower chance of developing hypertension, which is high blood pressure, as well as diabetes. And therefore, we can say that the fat that is naturally in milk, yogurt and cheese does not seem to be that big of a problem. What behavior changes should we consider for living a healthier life? Mostly the biggest reason for change is when people are faced with the problem or concern of a disease or an illness. And this can be the beginning of the change in their eating patterns and behaviors like eating less fat. Another change to consider for a healthier lifestyle is the famous be active. Because when we exercise, we use energy. And this energy that is used is known as our energy expenditure. So the main goal specifically for or especially for weight loss is that the energy that you get in from the food you eat and the things we drink is less than that energy expenditure. Now we also use energy by just being but that is not enough and that is why we need to exercise. So studies have found that moderate to vigorous exercise for four to five days a week can be good for your overall health. And this can be any activity like walking, jogging, swimming or dancing, anything that just gets that heart rate up. How can you lower fats in your diet, especially for students when healthy options you know, are not so widely available? The main thing to keep in mind is moderation. And you do not have to buy all the expensive fancy fats like nuts and seeds and avocados, olive oil and things like that to be healthy. Because even too much of these fats will be unhealthy and also unaffordable. And the type of fat you eat has a bigger influence than the total amount of fat you eat. But this does not mean that you can overeat yourself on healthier fats. 
So some practical tips to lower the fat you eat, to lower the amount of fat you eat, is things like, one, if you make a sandwich with mayonnaise, do not add margarine as well. Spread only a thin layer of mayo and do not spread it too thick, otherwise you make your sandwich unhealthier. And if possible, and it, if available, buy the low-fat mayonnaise. And then peanut butter is a very good fat option because it can also be eaten as a snack. So adding a teaspoon of peanut butter on a bruvita or on a slice of bread or even on an apple can be a very healthy snack. Trim the fat off your meat and remove the skin of the chicken before you start cooking the, the meat or the chicken. And if meat was cooked with the fat, then remove the fat before eating the meat. Then next, also, it is fine to use cooking oil, but just use less of it. So the food doesn't have to swim in the oil in order for it to be edible. How much fat do we actually need? We want the total fat that we eat to be about 25 to 30% of the total food that we eat per day. So this means for an average person, it is about 60 spoons of fat, like margarine, peanut butter, mayonnaise, cooking oil, things like that. And this is not together with the rest of the food that you eat in a day. What should the rest of the food you eat be? We aim for three to five vegetables a day, two to three fruits a day, and then six to 11 starch portions together with two to three protein portions and also two to three milk and dairy portions a day. So let me make this a bit more practical. I know fruits are expensive, but we have to try to add at least one fruit a day. Then including vegetables in your meals are very important. And this can be any vegetables like spinach, cabbage, onions, carrots, tomatoes, baby marrows, you name it. We should try to add vegetables to every meal, like eating a salad with a sandwich or meat, or making stir fry, or pack some tomatoes, cucumbers and carrots in as a snack for between classes. For the starch, two slices of bread, one potato or Half a cup of cooked rice can be part of your meal. And then the protein specifically does not only include meat. It can also be things like legumes and dried beans. Now legumes and dried beans are lentils and chickpeas, baked beans, black beans, kidney beans. These are zero vat items and they come in cans, which means you do not have to soak them overnight or anything. It is very convenient and cheaper than meat. And then milk products including milk, mass, yogurt and cheese can also be included in meals. And another meat that we sometimes forget about is fish. And fish is very good, very high in omega-3 and this can be any fish like tinned fish like pulches, sardine, tuna or the fish that we get in boxes. So the FDA, which is the Food and Drug Administration, allows foods to be labeled as healthy if they are low in fat and saturated fat. And it should be at least 10% of the recommended amounts of vitamin A, C, calcium, iron, protein and or fiber that we need per day. 
Healthy foods also include whole foods that are not processed, like vegetables and fruits, and also that are foods that are not refined. So this is like oats and whole wheat products, to name a few. And with this said, we should try to include healthy foods in our diet to give our body all that nutrients that it needs. How do you incorporate legumes into your meals? For example, if you have some frozen vegetables, you can add lentils to the vegetables and then add the, add that to a bit of pasta or a boiled potato. And this is as good as adding mince to pasta and vegetables. And there is a lot of recipes available on eating Eat and Succeed on Blackboard that is specifically focused on using legumes instead of meat in meals. And please check them out and give them a try. You should try to add legumes to your meals a few times a week. This will not only help you to save money as uh, meat is very expensive, but it can also be used in the place of meat as a good protein source. Zelda, how much fat is too much? It depends on person to person. If you are more active, you might need a little bit more fat for energy. And if you try, if you are trying to lose weight, you should eat less fat. So if you are less active, you also need to focus on eating less fat. Shala, thank you so much for joining us today. Any final words considering you know everything you've told us? So to take it all together, I would say that firstly, um, fat is important for energy and it protects our organs and keeps us warm. And then also when choosing the types of fat we eat, we should choose the low fat option. Trim the fat off our meat. Do not use too much oil when cooking and do not eat fried foods every day. And then lastly, do what works for you. We are all different and our bodies work differently. So unfortunately, some of us have to eat less fat than others um, to avoid weight gain. And the important thing is that you find out what works for you. The main goal with nutrition is for us to be healthy and to give our bodies the nutrients that we need. So do not starve yourself, but also do not overeat. Yourself, overeat. Find that balance. Be active and explore different ways of making food Make healthy eating part of your life and your future self will really thank you. But most importantly, we should make healthy eating fun. Now for more information, please visit Eat and Succeed on Blackboard under the Student Success Portal for recipes, healthy eating tips and many more helpful guides. And you can also contact the Department of Nutrition and Dietetics in the Seattle Vet Building if you have any questions. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. Thank you very much. That was Zelda van der Merwe. She's a final year student from the Department of Nutrition and Dietetics. And this is part of Kofsi FM's Eat and Succeed series.